Welcome to Broad Street Sports Talks. I'm Anthony. And I'm Michael. And this week we're talking all about the influence sports and media has on all of us, the fans. So let's agree on this. You would say that sport reaches into every part of society, would you not? It definitely reaches very deep into, I'd say, all parts of society. It We see sports affect politics. We see sports affect holidays. There's not a bigger day in the year in the sports world than the Super Bowl. And even on, like, national holidays like Thanksgiving, we see, like, at least my family, we literally base dinner around when, like, in between the football games. I know the Cowboys and Lions always play. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because we've always, as a family, watched at least one of the games. And even when we play sometimes uh, the little turkey bowl, play some touch football to get everyone involved and all that, which is always fun. And I noticed that you did mention politics as well, which is just a huge aspect of sports right now with all that's going on with the boycott and everything that just happened recently. Yeah, it was it was really interesting to see that, uh, the, especially, I mean, in this case, the NBA, we went from seeing players use their platform to, like, just bring attention to these issues to we actually had players say, we are going to boycott this game. Like, you need to pay more attention to these issues we're trying to talk about. Yeah, definitely, because they, they start off by doing the typical things of just, like, speaking out and um... – yeah. Having the shirts and typical things like that, but they felt that wasn't enough. So they wanted to um, essentially almost take away sports to put uh, the issues in the main in the main spotlight, which is something we've never really seen before. Yeah, and I know it was also cool. I read um, that that I know it was uh, the Celtics and the Bucks. I believe were both playing like the same night that that whatever night that they first boycotted all those games i heard that like all almost all the nba players in the bubble like went into like a conference room and kind of had a meeting about like okay what can we do more to like we've done a lot but what else can we do yeah i heard about a conference like that too to figure out what their next steps were like you were saying whether it was to essentially just continue the boycott and leave the bubble and try to have it influence that way or whether to figure out how to continue using the platform given to them and it even um kind of created a like a just a domino effect with the other sports following suit as well yeah and um it is it, at least in like a historical aspect too it is cool to see that like this isn't really the first or i guess cool to see is not the right word because it means they're not working as well as they want to but we've seen athletes before kind of do something similar. We had Tommy Smith and John Carlos raising a fist at the 68 Olympics. I know. And then even more recently, we had the huge blow up about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. We had sides on people on both sides trying to say he was right or wrong. or And it was just a big, a big moment in the NFL, I'd say, when people were talking about the Kaepernick thing. Yeah, those are those are two really good examples, and it is um, it is important to see that athletes are willing to um, use their platform to speak out, and even in even in some ways like risk um, their position as an athlete. Because Colin Kaepernick, like you mentioned, faced huge backlash, and even essentially lost his um, place in the NFL just for just for taking a knee, regardless of if you agree or not. He sacrificed his. Um, position and all the things that came along with being a professional athlete to stand up for what he believes in. Yep. And not 
I know uh, we're talking about a lot of like in-person stuff and NBA boycotting the games, but there is also still tons of athletes who are using social media as a huge way to um, like boost these social justice issues on their platforms. Like I know uh, a player from Manchester United, Marcus Rashford, in the past, like I believe it's been like four months, he's been like tweeting at um, the like um, English schools saying like, well, "You guys need to supply more meals for the people who can't afford them," and he's successfully raised enough money to pay for like a million school meals or something like that. I actually had not heard about that, but that's awesome. That's another one of the cool things that comes about with all the new forms of media and uh, technology today, like through social media you mentioned and just phones and all the different networks they have, there's endless ways for athletes and the media and reporters to spread um, their message and get what they want to say out into the world. Yep, that's a great point. And also, as much as we see sports influence politics and society, media also influences sports in, I'd say, a lot of interesting ways. Yeah, definitely. There's so many um, magazines and all that stuff, and you can even tailor it to um, what you want to find out. Like, let's just say you're a fan of the Eagles or something. You can find endless articles and news coverage about what the Eagles are doing, uh, possible moves, uh, just fan influence and anything you want to find out about it. Yeah, and we even see, like, um, companies kind of going all in with the sports, like, We've had um, ESPN, NBC Sports, and Fox Sports. I'd say are the I'd say the big three kind of where they each at this point have multiple of their own channels on TV, like NBC Sports. Um, they own the NHL Network. ESPN has ESPNU, ESPN Two, and so on. Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Two. It's just crazy seeing all these networks blow up like on just going full in on sports and also setting up like their own streaming services. Cause we know that's such a big thing now. Yeah. And it's crazy. You almost can't even list off uh, all the networks there are for sports nowadays. Exactly. There's just so many of them. And I like how you did mention the, um, the streaming services as well, because ESPN plus is becoming really big with uh, like the pay-per-view and the USC and making it just a centralized yep. location to consume all of that and get everything you want from there. Yeah. They're still, even as expensive as those UFC pay-per-views are, they're still like putting up insane numbers for how many people they're actually getting to sign up for ESPN plus. And then on top of that, pay extra money for a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's amazing. It shows the insane demand people have for sports nowadays. There's just the people just can't get enough. Yep. And there's like, People in, I'm sure you play fantasy football. I know we do. Me and you, uh, there's tons of people just like us who want new, innovative ways to interact with the game. And so, like, fantasy football has been around for a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still pretty recent. But even more recently, we're seeing sports betting really explode. And, like, guys like me who can turn on a random game and not have a team in the fight, I can have a team just by throwing a $2 bet on a team. Yeah, those are two really good examples. We're seeing those um, grow a lot. I like how you mentioned how it allows them, how it allows fans like us to connect to the game in a different way because it feels like we're essentially like kind of like a coach or a general manager on the field. Like we want to get these guys 
on our fantasy team so they can do well and um, help us win and all that kind of stuff. And it makes you feel like you said, have an interest in every game, even if it's not your team playing. Yep. Even, even on like, I'm personally a New England Patriots fan and not a huge fan of the Chiefs, but like I was drafted Chiefs left and right in fantasy football because I know they're going to produce. Yeah, definitely. And I like who you mentioned with the fan identification too, because that's a huge part of a uh, part of sports. Is wearing. Think about how many people, if you wore like a Tom Brady jersey, think about how many people would come up and just like for whatever reason just start talking to you just because you have the jersey on. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, fan identification is becoming even more important these days, I'd say. And teams are really, I'd say, starting to kind of smarten up about it and really work with brands and celebrities that are going to try to enhance this fan identification instead of hurt it or, like, without even thinking about it, hurting it. Like, they're putting more thought into increasing fan identification rather than just kind of letting it happen. Yeah. And one of the better fan identifications I feel like you mentioned a celebrity is the Raptors with Drake. It was more, it was like a mutual. He was interested. He loves basketball. It's the only Canadian team. But the Raptors definitely jumped on the bandwagon with that by fully embracing uh, everything he wanted to do and be a part of the team with. You can't, you can't watch a Raptors game on TV without them showing Drake every couple of minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you said that that one was like uh, kind of an authentic thing. Like Drake just started going to the games. It was very like the I respect that the Raptors were smart enough to approach him and go, hey, like you like the Raptors. Our Raptors fans love Drake. Like, let's really we'll pay you to make this even more valuable for us. Yeah. And I would say that some Raptors, Raptors fans probably even weren't really fans at the start. They just like Drake and some of his brands and his music and stuff. And they were like, huh, why is he watching this team? And then they started watching, probably became fans of them. So it increased their fan base probably outside of the Toronto area. I, that you took the words right out of my mouth. I was literally going to say that it's, I can almost guarantee there's some fans out there who didn't have a basketball team, but are big enough Drake fans that they're now Raptors fans. Yeah. And that's definitely one of probably many examples. That's one of the, that's one of the bigger ones. And another thing that I've seen is uh, teams using the Jordan brand to uh, build their fan base as well, just because of Jordan, who he is and what he stands for, and then just having his name, having his uh, logo on their jerseys can just increase everything that they do. Yeah, and I know one of our professors was talking about this in class, that um, it, the Jordan brand in itself too is like they only make certain deals with certain teams and so they on they almost have a little bit of that like exclusivity that goes along with it which makes it more valuable definitely that's that's a really good part that i didn't even mention it does create almost like an an aura around it because it's just like wow they were prestige enough to get the jordan brand for them exactly and i know international wide too because there's um PSG, one of the biggest teams in world soccer in the Champions League final, their jersey sponsor is Jordan. And I don't know this for a fact, but I believe they're one of the few soccer teams that are allowed to use that logo and like have that sponsorship. I have they're one of the they're one of the few. And that's good for them. But it's just it just shows how there's so many ways that um, sports and the media can influence us from politics and holidays to 
fan identifications, you're just always being, um, always having some sort of connection, whether it's through TV, social media, anything, to have that connection to your team. Anyways. Yep. Well, it's looking like we're out of time this week, Anthony. This has been Broad Street Sports Talk with Michael and... And, of course, as always, thank you to the fans for listening, and we will see you guys next week.